I've shared conscious conversation with people in three different centuries. When I say it like that, it's profound, like I'm Jules Verne time traveling through space. Instead, I was just born at the right time, in the late 70s, when the son of a peanut farmer was president of the United States. And at that time, I was able to share conversations with people born in the late 1800s. I was able to have conversations with people whose fathers were in the Civil War. And I've taken these conversations from the 19th century with me into the 21st century. And really, timing is everything. I say that in real estate all the time, and it's true in life. If I play my cards right, I might be able to have a conversation with someone born in the 22nd century. I might see Haley's Comet a second time. I want to be there each and every time, and that's part of what I'd like to talk about on today's episode. I'd like to talk about me time, a music review with Migos. I want to tell you about the American Turd Association and the trouble I have with the name Caleb. And we'll do it all today, right now, when we start joshing around. The kids I'm around always seem to have such a firm grasp on how long they're going to live. And I think I remember this feeling as a kid too. You know exactly how long you're going to live. You know just what you're going to do as an adult, what kind of car you're going to drive, and what your house should look like. Goodness, I wish I had this sort of certainty today. I'm just trying to make it through till tomorrow. And it's funny that kids have this long-standing outlook when really they're the most vulnerable among us. As a happily married father of three, running two businesses, volunteering in my community and my church, and seemingly saying yes to everything else, I hardly have any time for me. But I'm wondering, what's the opposite of me time? Do lonely people need this? Or do they instead look for people time? As I make the pivot from young to old, I find myself resistant to change and less likely to try new things. And music's no exception. I tend to gravitate towards that 90s backpack rap I grew up with and stray away from the sounds of today. But this new track, Stir Fry by Migos, you have to hear this. Oh, yeah. It starts out with barking. There's going to be a fried chicken reference. Oh, oh there it is. Wait. Shout out to Onion Booties. Where is it at? Uh huh. Let it breathe. Oh, you got to play this right now. Watching me, watching you listen to this track, Stir Fry by Migos, dreams come true. Make it happen. Stir Fry was just one of the songs I added to my Spotify playlist over the weekend. Other new tracks were Candy Paint by Ty Regeer, Too High by Moon Taxi, and Hell to the Knob by Bishop Bullwinkle. So if you're asking, are all my recommendations great? I'm sure there's been others in passing over the years, but the 19th century conversationalist I remember the most is a gentleman by the name of Harry Sisson. Harry lived at a senior community my mom worked at growing up, so we got to talk a lot on the weekends. He was a shorter man, four foot ten, had snow white hair, played the trumpet. In 1991, he was 99 years old. We didn't talk exclusively of the 19th century because, of course, when the century turned, he was only eight years old. Instead, we talked more about the idea of time passing. As time passed, I got to know Mr. Sisson more and even had a hand in planning his 100-year birthday party. At the party, he danced laughed, even played the trumpet. We had a great time. A few months later, 
round about the one-year anniversary of his wife's passing, on their actual wedding anniversary, Mr. Sisson blew his brains out with a shotgun. He'd had enough me time and wanted to be with his wife again. You know, once you're a hundred, it seems you're playing with house money, especially back in the 20th century. So here's to you, Mr. Sisson. Do your thing. Thanks for sharing your time with me. Now, this isn't meant to be offensive, just matter of fact. I met my first mentally handicapped person when I was in the first grade at a school orientation. His name was Caleb. He was very nice. We all got to know each other that day. It was great. I bring it up only because I was a young, impressionable six or seven year old, and that stuck with me. So even to this day, when I meet a new person and their name is Caleb, I'm sure they're very nice, but I assume they have special needs. I deserve any flack I'm going to get for that last segment. I'm just trying to be honest and bare my soul. I'll bear another part of my soul with you and tell you, don't we all have special needs? I was raised in the gifted student program, and that program exists just to take all the weirdos out of regular class so that normal people can learn. Happy East Coast Josh and around Killjoy here, and I love this topic about time travel, right? Time travel, because I think time has shifted now that we have an internet of all the crazy stuff that we grew up on. And let me break that down for you because my kids once came to me yelling at me going, dad, what have you done to me? And uh, let me dig deeper into that. I raised my kids on a healthy diet of the Flintstones, the Jetsons and uh, Scooby-Doo. The only uh, reference they brought to the schoolyard, and I think there was a lot of Popeye in there. The only reference they brought to the schoolyard that maybe was relevant was Scooby-Doo. And every kid made fun of them when they'd say, hey, have you watched Power Rangers? And they'd go, no, have you seen Fred Flintstone? He's awesome. So I think there's a new term out there, and I'm going to coin it now. It's called generational dyslexia. It's when your kids are raised out of phase in a generation that is not theirs because dad just did it to them. Killjoy out. Generational dyslexia is a real thing, and I appreciate you coining the phrase. I was raised around a lot of adults and therefore I brought a lot of adult conversations, situations and humor to children's round tables and the other kids didn't really appreciate it. I've tried to stray away from this with my kids except for the Simpsons. I won't let them watch anything past season 8 and even Guatemalan Insanity Peppers and Laddie the dog from Sharper Image is toeing the line for me. I like a wholesome season 3, season 4. Classic Hanna-Barbera, though, gets a thumbs up as well, and I wish there was more Flintstones and Jetsons in syndication now. Heck, it's hard just to find Full House for the kids to watch. Is that really a healthy family? We talked about My Two Dads last week, so we don't need to rehash that again, but something's up there in San Francisco. One day in college, my roommate Josh comes home and says, Josh, I want you to have this, and he hands me a pin with a red, white, and blue type cap on the top, and then just like any other tchotchke pin, it said the name of an organization on it with an address down below. The only difference is the name of this organization was the American Turd Association. Instantly I was beaming with glee, thank you so much, where did you get this? I found it, he said. Well, Thank you. So I used it all the time. It was my ultimate gag gift because, like I said, it looked like any other tchotchke pin until you actually read American Turd Association. Loved it. Was very happy with the ownership of this pin until my new pup, Athena, the pup, well, she was into eating shoes and anything plastic. One day that included my American Turd Association pin. She chewed it up until it was completely unrecognizable. Oh. What was I going to do? There was hope, though. 
I could almost read out the address on the side of the pen. So I got out a different pen and I crafted a letter. A quick side note about the pup. She was a great dog, so loyal, so well behaved. Although, like I said, she shed a ton. I trained her to go to the bathroom as far away from our house as possible. She would leave, disappear for a minute, and then come running back. So you never saw me walking through the neighborhood holding a leash in a sack, right? Not gonna happen to this guy. In any event, she was also very well behaved. She would sit there as you moved her mouth a little bit, which we would do as we made her talk. We gave Athena quite the personality and the voice. I don't know if it'll translate now, but it was like, hey, Mr. Man, because she called me Mr. Man. How you guys doing? I see you're just sitting around making a dog talk. That's kind of weird. Well, this went on for quite a while. I'm a bit out of practice now, but I might as well have had a real live ventriloquist puppy. I'm not sure if other people appreciated it. They liked it more though than the performance art piece where I'd eat a dog biscuit and then read the ingredients on the side of the box as my mouth got dry. Anyways, let's get back to the story. I got out a fresh piece of paper, a new pen, and began to craft a letter to the American Turd Association, making out the address as best I could from the chewed up remains of the old pen. P.O. Box 677-212, Ottawa, Florida 32867. I threw my request for more swag in the mail and waited seemingly weeks or months until one day the postman came bearing an envelope with a return address of the American Turd Association. The envelope was fat. So fat it needed two stamps. Stamps at the time were 33 cents. I know that because I'm still holding the envelope right now. Inside of it were two American Turd Association pins, a stickback pin that said turd, and a turd sticker. Also enclosed was a letter, seemingly written by Caleb himself, that said, Greetings, Joshua. I am Eugene Whitford, a co-founder and the president of the American Turd Association. Here are two pins and some other turd stuff. In the future, I will be selling the pins for 75 cents a piece. I will also be selling the buttons and the bumper stickers for a dollar. The other bumper stickers I have say, got poop? <laughs> the others just say the American Turd Association. I also had some t-shirts made recently, which I'll be selling for $9 a piece. They are all extra large, but they seem like large to me. In the future, I hope to be selling official membership cards. Hopefully, one day we can have our own website. Oh yeah, also, I should have some turd hats made in less than a week from now. I'll be selling those for $7 a piece. By the way, this is our very first mail order. Thanks a lot for your support and interest. Read the back. I just wanted you to know that my address is not Ottawa, Florida. It is Orlando, Florida, as you can clearly see on the pins. Thanks, Gene. Well, Gene, thanks for the pins, but I did tell you that my original pin had been eaten by a dog, but buddy, I appreciate it all the same, and I'm still a card-carrying member of the American Turd Association to this day. And with that, we should have reached the end of today's show, but first I wanted to see if our friend ever got that website he was dreaming of. And sure enough, you can visit AmericanTurdAssociation.com and read up on some of the history of the gang, some of the most telling copy at the time. I was schizophrenic and on primitive medications that didn't work out that well. This made me paranoid and I thought that the assholes were really out to get us. I thought that it was turning into a gang war of the turds versus the assholes. So I resigned as president and disbanded the turds. It gets better though. In the spring of 1993, I got $80,000 from a trust fund that my relatives gave me. I moved back to Gainesville, got back in touch with Chris, and we started up the American Turd Association again for the second time. 
We got a treasurer, Radical Bill, who helped me find and rent an upscale apartment in downtown Gainesville. We got a cute blonde-haired girl to be the secretary. Soon afterwards, though, I got kicked out of the fancy apartment complex for being too crazy, making noise, and disturbing the neighbors. Didn't take long before they blew through that money and the American Turd Association disbanded for the second time. I caught him on the third time around, but you know the rest of the story. For now, let's just get some me time, bump some me and I'll see you the next time we get together and start joshing around.